Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wake up in the morning feeling like Waterman is extremely well. She's very slippery. You don't own me. Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. Hi, try hard. Got them before you. <laughs> you know that I could just go, hello, try hards, and cut off the beginning. I won't. Like, yeah, because I'll just keep mentioning it all the way through the pod. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. I feel a little discombobulated now that you've kicked things off. Welcome. 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 Um, how are you? I'm very well. I'm back in rain after a bit of a traveling fiasco in Paris after my trip to Lille and Lons at the weekend for Champions Cup. Um, I don't know whether it was because I was traveling at 6am and it was about half, well no, my flight was at 6.55 so this was a bit of about 5.30am and I don't know whether it was because of the early morning, long weekend, being in the sunshine, obviously I'm in the sunshine a bit more now um still well no I'm not actually that's a complete lie I stay indoors I'll stay in the shade but um I am <laughs> absolute night walker <laughs> I'm getting such a bad t-shirt time I literally go out with Koya for like just buy some vests yeah I need to all right all right don't want to don't want to show off these guns for everyone there'll be police everywhere won't they um <laughs> Back potato um, guns. yeah I'm not quite I used to love a potato gun me yeah. and my brother the amount of times we'd aim for the forehead and then get them in the eye or something. <laughs> in your head, they were going to be like the potato guns in Bugsy Malone, but they were just like squares of potato. Or apple. If, if your mum wouldn't give you a potato, you'd use an apple instead. Very sticky. Uh, Attracting oh, You are. Um, I am. Um... <laughs> anyway, on Monday, travelling back, I um, got to the airport and, was, honest to God, so there was this like, you know, the queues to departures? It was going really quickly and there wasn't that many people. So it's like ideal. Looked down the line. And, it, and if you've been to Charles de Gaulle, it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, it was so long. It was about 300 meters, even just before you got even into that. So I was a little bit cheeky. I may have just stopped, pretended I was on my phone and then joined the queue. Um, right, so okay. I got, which kind of actually saved me because I got to the woman and she said, are you traveling alone? I was like, Yes, thinking, yes, yes, I jumped the yeah. queue. Um, she went this way. So I went down and I joined a queue of people with bags that were too heavy or too big. Um, and bearing in mind, I flew over. Um, 
absolutely fine on Saturday morning from Rome. Um, I got there and my bag was approximately two centimetres too big for the square uh, thing, metal cage thing, and it weighed 12.6 kilos and it should have been 12. So he put this massive red sticker on it, pushed me out of the queue and said, you have to go to check in. I was like, okay, but can I come back here? Because I can't, I'm going to miss my flight. And he just like said something anyway. So I went down and I went to the queue and the woman said, you have to check it in. It goes on weight and, and size. I was like, okay. So I decided in my wisdom, not thinking that she was talking about hand luggage. I was thinking about checking. I was wearing leggings and a t-shirt so it was quite warm. Yeah, I changed my trainers to the smart shoes that I had in my bag because they were a little bit heavier. So I thought I'm gonna go to below twelve. Yeah, threw away loads of my toiletries, put a second t-shirt and a jumper on, and I also put jeans over my leggings. So like Sanka when he leaves the <laughs> airport in Cool Runnings, and I and I weighed the bag, and it was twelve point two, and I was like, oh no, like I don't know what I'm doing, and then realised didn't matter what weight the, the bag was because I was checking it in. Yeah. So, I did this all in the view of the people that were queuing for ages, probably the ones I pushed in front of. So they were like silly women. Anyway, so in all the stuff when I then got to this, this guy did let me in to be fair, but the queue by this point was solid and it just wasn't moving. And it was 6.25 and my flight was at 6.55. Yeah. yeah. So I stood there for a couple of minutes and was like, this isn't going to work. I'm going to miss my flight. This is going to be awful. I've already paid 55 euros out of my own pocket to pay for this bag and we had to check in. And so I became the non most non-British person you can imagine and just went under the barriers and just yeah. just for the snake queue, just moved, went to the front. Luckily, I was all sweaty because all the layers that I put on and taken off again. Um, so people just, but then I realised I basically created an Italian revolt because I created this lem this line of lemmings behind me that were doing exactly the same as you. <laughs> and all of these Italians that were on the same flight as me hadn't judged the fact that there was going to be this massive queue. And so uh, luckily I got through because then the security realised it's just happening and they like... <laughs> but this is the problem. This is the problem. That's why that airport is such a nightmare because... Europeans, non-British Europeans, just have no concept of queuing, no concept of polite queuing, you know, just... These, everyone was. I. This is what I'm saying. No, but I mean, you said the Italians were also late. If they, if everyone arrived at the right time and just queued correctly, I'm sure it would move a lot more quickly. Mate, two centimetres of bag, which I... Two centimetres of bag cost me 55 euros. It wasn't going to cost me my flight as well. What airline which, was it? Air France. Absolute oh, what a night. rat bag. So if you ever fly from Paris on Air France, go about 15 hours early and take a tiny little egg cup to, <laughs> to travel egg with. Cup with your toiletries in. I'm flying British Airways tomorrow to fly to serve. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Off to Toulouse, I am. And we all Where know you? why. To see my friend Sarah Goss. <laughs> Oh gosh, I can't wait to see how much of a try-hard, absolute fangirl, fangirl bestie you're gonna be. Just can't wait to see her. Can't wait to see her. Obviously, can't wait for to lose sevens. We've also come up trumps the crew on this one because 
French working laws dictate that you're not allowed to work a 12 hour day in France, the lazy so-and-sos. So we're on split shifts. So normally you would just do the whole thing for three days. Um, we're on site at 7am, we're off air at 11pm. We would just do that normally. In normal times, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you do that for sevens. We're on split shifts. So the earlies are going to finish at 4pm and the lates are going to start at 2pm. So basically like a half day. I'm buzzing. So you're basically, are you, are you going to, are you going to dehydrate yourself, get sunstroke? Yeah, I'm basically going to try and tan my tartars off. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing everyone. Looking forward to, because I haven't done a girls event since Seville. So looking forward to seeing everyone. Going to try and catch up with uh, Kayla McAllister slash Aki and the girls. Um, I see a lot of myself and my sister in uh, Camille and Stella Aki um purely because they like fighting so yeah typical sisterly bond but yeah I'm buzzing to see people can't wait love me some sevens yeah it will be good actually I think it'd be interesting to see how the teams fare given it was the first tournament back for Fiji and Black Ferns in Langford um Fiji were like all sorts off the weather in terms of like how they played in fits and starts um i think they'll i think they'll absolutely carve up and lose actually I think it's going to be boiling hot and they're going to <laughs> going to be battering people for fun i think the pools are a little bit more even though this one yeah the weather forecast for um for tomorrow is 32 degrees and it's getting hotter as it gets to the weekend and i do think like you say that's going to have a big impact what i will say though is with the women's competition the it's still the girls still play first in the day. So actually they get the cooler conditions and then later at night, which is grim because they've got such long days, but maybe that will benefit certain teams because I think it is going to be difficult. Looking at the weather forecast, it's going to be hot, hot, hot. But it's been really interesting to see. So obviously the Black Ferns girls and the Aussie girls haven't returned to Australasia during the gap between Langford and Toulouse. So they've all been in like French sojourns as they would call it in France um but interestingly the uh, the Irish girls were also over in Marcusi last week and in Paris over the weekend I said it before after Langford when they meddled again they look like they've they've clicked something has clicked within that group and not just from the perspective that they're playing well on the pitch the the culture within that team looks really strong and I know it was really difficult for those sevens girls who were at the heart of the kind of rowing about whether they should have been playing 15s or 7s during the Six Nations when the two clashed. But as a group, they look settled and they look happy and they look, you know, like they're enjoying their rugby and and that's obviously showing up in results on the pitch. Yeah, but <clears throat> you've also got to take into consideration Amy Lee Murphy-Crow is on the most ridiculous form. Like her, her try against America where she goes in and out and basically turns um, Christy Kershaw inside. Like, honestly. <laughs> and so, like, I think she scored a hat-trick against France. Like, she's just insane. Like, it's, yes. like, it well, is good to see. I, I do agree. And I, I'm, 
I'm looking forward to it because I may be on a certain panel judging certain performances for this year for the seven. So I will have my beady little eyes on it. Yeah, I was uh, going to ask you about Seven's Player of the Year, but because of that, I won't. We won't reveal anything on this pod, but I'm looking forward to us discussing. Or I won't, I won't reveal it to you, mate. It's yeah, don't, please don't tell me, for goodness sake. Um, are you on the men's panel or just the women's? Because obviously the men don't have their awards until the week after in London. Oh, actually, no, theirs must be after LA. No, so there's the awards from the series and then there's the World Rugby Awards um, at the end of the year. Yeah, but the men's series awards aren't this weekend. No, so I'm not part of either of those, but I am part of the World Rugby Awards, like I have been um, 15s. I've, um, yeah, so that won't be, that's not for a little while, but I will have my beady eyes on how everyone has been getting on. Interesting. Yeah, the girls have got their end of series awards on Sunday, but the men have got two more events because the weekend after, I will be at Twickenham for the men's only on the Thursday I'm doing a little bit of work for HSBC and as always it's a night um, when you do this <coughs> because they just bring in divas and it's the dealing with these people that is probably the hardest talent mate, talent or talentless as I always like to say um it, you know talk about it just kind of moving on from sevens it was really good to watch um I have only managed to watch the highlights from Prem 15s um which is good because they've got highlights of all of the games so anyone that has um, or doesn't get to watch the games live obviously f- for us most of the time we work in a weekend so it's difficult to to watch them but yeah I didn't know that they had all of the games um highlights which is really really good so anyone yeah. that has them check them out um and then you can maybe make your own judgment about what's going to happen in the semi-finals no. but my little link from sevens is that there were some brilliant tries scored from some seven stars um that obviously aren't available this weekend. So, um, yeah, Grace Crompton, lovely little in and away uh, for Bristol against Exeter. Took her try really well. I'm not going to Toulouse. Oh, she's not I in the squad. No, oh, maybe no. she hasn't been released then. Well, maybe, I didn't, maybe I didn't know that. she's on a concussion because she. Oh yeah, she did get she? smashed. Yeah, possibly. Um, oh yeah, that's right. well. Anyway, she scored a great try um Ellie Boatman absolutely (laughs) hype it was like she was expecting to be tackled and then just kept running but really 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 fast and it like she did a little highlights for like the end of wasp season and she's rapid like you know someone looks quick in videos but then they look really quick like she looks um so she carved up against Saris. that was a bit of a strange game wasp saracen or saracen's wasp um amy wilson hardy as well got on the score yeah. she's been I playing so, nice to see them playing so well in 15s because as much as you know a lot of people talk about and i've been there i've done it you know you don't see many you don't see any men go from 15 7 7 so it's like all the way across yeah and it is such a different form of the game but the fact that they've they're finishing that they are and finding the spaces against big physical players, I think is brilliant and bodes really well for their sevens. And it shows actually where their confidence is, especially the girls that I've said, like with Grace and Ellie in particular, you know, new, relatively new onto the scene, uh, onto the scene in sevens, but really starting to come into their own and owning their speed and owning their footwork. And I love that. And I think it just, yeah. It goes hand in hand with where we are in the season and, and they're playing on, faster tracks and it's not trudging through wet sodden pitches that actually these sevens players are in their you know native environments really 
I mean, you make them sound like slightly strange animals. But <laughs> I mean, you played seven, so if we're talking oh, actually, about naked mole rats scoring tries, here we are. Um, actually, there was another little thing that I wanted to give a shout out before I forget. Um, Abby Brown, uh, superstar captain of the sevens, um, ex-Hartbury people I coach, but um, she... Um, <laughs> She, um, she did a really lovely little video um i will share it on my socials um with premier 15s how england sevens and premier 15s teams have combined to raise money for uh ukraine and there's going to be shirts i don't know whether actually i don't know whether they're going to be auctioned or sold off but they're going to be signed by players from this season hopefully not any of the semi-finals teams yet um they need them because there won't be many many sets of shirts for them right. but um those shirts are going to be signed and they're, you know, they're signed by some of the best players in the world. Yeah. So if you are interested in getting your hands on something, the money is going to a really, really good cause. I'll repost it. We'll put it on tryhards, um, but simply just go to Prem 15s. And yeah, Ledge, Abby Brown gave a lovely little video to camera. Um, Lover. What a lovely girl. Hopefully I'm seeing her in a couple of weeks for uh, some other work. Yeah, this weekend. I will see her this weekend. I realised after I said that, then I will just see her this weekend. Um, you didn't answer my question about whether Sevens players come into their own for these Prem teams at this part of the season. If you were a coach of one of those Prem 15 sides and you had some Sevens players at your disposal, is this the time of year that you'd want them more than any other time? Um, yeah, I think, although saying that, you know, you do get big, really fast tracks with the 4Gs that they play on, you know. Um, I think... To be honest, I think from um, watching the girls through the season from the early part to now, um, for me, uh, I think a lot of it is confidence. It's the fact that they're paid sevens players, so they get to go and train with sevens and they get released, come back to 15s. It's exhausting stuff, um, but it's it's just their ability to to take all of what they're learning that and 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 the big thing when you're when you're fast is people just think when you get the ball you're going to run quick and you're going to take people on you also have to have a real edge of confidence to do it and to know your super strength and believe in it because yeah. quite often they're, they're not the big they're not the big ball players and they, you know, do you know what I mean they're, they're not the big physical presence yeah. some of them are someone like Portia Woodman isn't going to worry about getting smashed because she's she's big and strong yeah. whereas the other girls have got the you know they're small they're slight um and yeah I, I just I genuinely believe that there's a different level of confidence about them um when they're on the field I think when you speak to them one-to-one -one, they're still um they're still finding that and still yeah. starting to own it which is cool and, but that takes time and I think that's like any athlete when they're at the start of their career um I think it, it bodes really well if they can stay in good shape obviously they're missing Meg Jones, which is massive this weekend in Toulouse. Um, but hopefully she'll be back in time for, for Commonwealth and yeah. World Cup. But I do think it bodes well it, um, for, for England with the girls performing as they are. Yeah. Uh, just on the games that uh, went on last weekend, you've mentioned Exeter Bristol, which was what a great value for money game because that was an absolute corker from the highlights I've seen of it and so great to see so many fans in at Sandy Park you, uh, you know no oh. just just about that game I think what was really cool about it when you look at it was just all the different ways that tries were scored so you got wingers yeah. burning down um the edge you got um uh Garcia little, little dig through yeah love yeah, that love that um and is it Detivo um the 
the American wing, a big, strong runner down the wing, big fence, battering her way through. Um, and then you've got the catch and drives, obviously not too thrilled about them, but they are part of the game, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Being flopping it, over in true yeah, burner style. You know, yeah, so like, it, oh no, true burner style, running from the halfway line, yeah, but yeah, a bit point. easy this time. Um, so yeah, I just love the variation and, and Lucy Burgess coming on at nine, darting from scrum half. I just think if you look at like the fact that all of those scores came from so many different facets at the game, what's going to be amazing is how the coaches and the leadership teams on the field manage that because it shows there are different edges to both of the teams that, yeah, how mad is that back to back? Um, by by Harlequins losing, it meant that they got to play each other again. And Exeter, for the first time ever, are offering a hospitality package for the semi-final, which I absolutely love. 30 quid, food, drinks, I think, and um, yeah, and match ticket, which, yeah, I love that. I can't call these games because um, I thought that the, the Loughborough Queens game was really surprised by, um, and I thought Loughborough looked really good. Especially given that they lost to Worcester, but maybe that was the bit between yeah, the two. I just can't. I think Harlequins, Harlequins have been a bit up and down all season. Um, I think they have been affected by injuries, but they've got most of the girls back now. Um, I think what teams are starting to do now with Harlequins is where they can really get footholds into the game and then pull away is through their forwards. And although that was the part that got them back in and the big carries, they haven't necessarily got that huge dominance over teams now so it's not like they put like I remember playing at Wasps and they 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 kicked the line like catch and drive try like three times bam 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 and you're like 21 points down uh, it's a bit like you know it's just do you know what I mean so yeah. they're not necessarily getting that huge dominance anymore but you think fair play to to Loughborough and Helena Rowland <laughs> oh my god try her pace yeah it's unbelievable mark on a line break and on a on a curve is absolutely class and i and i also loved the fact that she celebrated it hard because i think sometimes she's quite a quiet girl and you know she, she's really coming into her own but you can see she's having fun at loughborough yeah. and that's bringing bringing out um like her personality in like in enjoying it and just getting stuck in which i just love um who do you think wins these two semi-finals? I think Saracen, I mean, Saracen's going down like they did to Wasps. I think it was by 21 points now. And then they got a try just before half time, which meant they put them back in the mix. The tries that they did get in the second half, some of the highlights, like the defence, they didn't, they didn't work that hard for them, but they yeah. might have done in the bits between. Do you know what I mean? You never really know on the highlights because it shows yeah, the fans. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think... I think given the inconsistencies of Harlequins, Saracens have potentially got the edge because they've got that physical... Like, the physical up front. I think Alev Kelter's a big add to the team. Um, but then saying that... Harlequins have got okay, I'm not going to answer the question I don't think I don't no, know you are skirting it <laughs> um you know for the for the Exeter Bristol game it, again I genuinely can't call it and I actually think the way that they're set is made for two amazing semi-finals because of how close they're going to be potentially or one yeah. team you know when Saracens played um Harlequins 
two years ago in the final, they came out and absolutely blew them off the park right from the start. And then Harlequins just couldn't get back in. Last year's final was an interesting one because Saracens, it was just penalty, penalty, penalty. Yeah. The game was real. Lots of big collisions. Everyone's like, well, they love it. And it was actually not a great game. Yeah. Just continuity. I feel like you're, um, you're skirting around things a lot. So I'm <laughs> going to ask you, what fixture is going to provide the league winners this season of those two semi-finals which game is is the the winner overall coming from i'd like to say a different team given the dominance the other one yeah. that i'm going to say has had i personally think given they're just their all-round quality up front in their backs I think Saracens will win the league and um, win it um, that said they've got a big task ahead of them it's going to massively help being at home um, I think they've put their they've taken their foot off the boil in the last couple of rounds mainly because probably because they've qualified for a home semi yeah. um, that's a different it's a different ball game and a knockout game but I just think the way that Marley's playing at the moment Poppy, Hannah Bottman, Holly Aitchison made a couple of amazing line breaks. Um, and Kelter, he already mentioned. Do you know what I mean? Like they're, yeah. like they're, you know, I, I think they're going to be, they're going to be a bit too strong for for all the other contenders. That said, would I love to see someone else lift the trophy other than Harlequins and and Saris? Of course I would, but I just feel like top four for the first time for for Exeter and Bristol is massive. One of them's going to get to the final, which is huge. Yeah. I think to go another step is going to be a bit of an ask, but I think that we've got to credit them for being in the position because they've knocked out a very strong Wasp side at, at fifth and Loughborough, who have also been in the mix and Gloucester Heartbreak. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. It's very exciting. Both games are live on BT Sport this weekend with the final fortnight later also on BT Sport and BBC iPlayer. That's on Bank Holiday Weekend, the finals. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com 
host. Let's move on to European Champions Cup Rugby. You touched on your trip to Lens at the beginning. You obviously did the Racing La Rochelle game. I commented online that I thought it was really disappointing um, and perhaps embarrassing that the crowd was so poor. And Graham Simmons, of all people, came back to me and said, yeah, but there's only been a week turnaround for this. I accept that. But I also think, in light of the fact that France are hosting a World Cup next year and they've just won a Grand Slam, the appetite for rugby in France should be higher now than it has been for the past 20 years. So to have such a disappointing crowd. And I think as well, when we compare it to the crowds that we saw in the Women's Six Nations, which looked like they would have dwarfed what we saw on Sunday, what was it actually like there at the ground on the weekend? Oh, it was loud. Like they had the trumpets and the band playing um, and they loved the flags and shouting hooters and stuff. They, it, it felt like a bigger crowd than it probably looked on TV, just given where the crowd were. Um, it did a good job of like put, like containing everybody. Um, it wasn't a bowl. So there were corner, the corners were all yeah. missing from the stadium, which but it was very, very steep um, stadium. So it was quite an intense noise because yeah. it was quite quite close to the to the pitch um so yeah I mean look I don't know enough about French crowd sizes to <laughs> to comment but for a European semi-final given what I know what how they support the women's game and the women's stuff it was quite strange to not see have more people flocking through I think just in terms of the game it was pretty av- bang average um it's lacked any continuity um it's an interesting one because officially Racing have only lost twice at home this year um and but they weren't at home no. they, they should have been at home but there was a hip-hop concert um and actually interesting people saying oh would they have benefited from being in, in the stage I 100% they would, would because they that have been it, allowed to be in Le the rules no. of the Champions Cup are that you have to play so they could play in, they could have played elsewhere in Paris but they would have been able to, they could have played, played like Parc de France oh um, so you can't play at your home so we had a big debate about this yeah you're um, not allowed to play at your home stadium that's why like when Munster uh, had the home advantage against Leinster in 2009 they played at in Dublin because you're not allowed to play in your home ground Ah, that will explain it. Because I was kind of thinking, well, actually, I was at the, the Defence Arena the week before and it is totally different playing in there. Yeah. So then the home advantage is like so, so but much I don't understand why they like, didn't play it like Jean Bois, Parc de France, Stade Francais. You know, it's not like that city is short on stadiums. Yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe a few other concerts. I don't know, some other... Sports <laughs> <laughs> um, days. <laughs> Seems to be the theme. theme. It was difficult because it wasn't a great game. There were some massive collisions, though, like absolutely insane. There was like bodies strewn everywhere all different times in the game. But yeah, it was um, it was a shame it wasn't better because of the quality of the players that were on the field. But you kind of have to credit Lara Schell for seeing the game out, you know, um, although I reckon you and I could have kicked better than Ehi West. Um, he was absolutely whoa. whoa. <laughs> you you should stay. You know, that's a fellow ginger you're talking about there. You should be nice to him. Exactly. That's why I could say it. <laughs> mm. 
yeah so um if if they're gonna get anywhere close to to Leinster they've got to be better um but I do feel sorry for him though if you're a Kiwi kicking in a game like that and Dan Carter stood on the touchline watching you do it you're gonna get get the yips you'd think um who so the finals in Marseille uh happy hunting ground for Cardiff fans I was there in 2010 when Cardiff lifted challenge was it 2000 yeah 2010 Cardiff lifted the challenge cup they played Johnny Wilkinson's Toulon in the final there um had to look after my dad all weekend what an experience that was he had an argument with the maitre d the night before a game um less said about that the better uh they face Leinster Leinster are gonna win again aren't they um I think the bookies are definitely gonna put them down as favorites you know they're their all-court game is really impressive. I think that, you know, that without being too nausy, their ruck speed, their ability to carry hard and win the collision means that their ruck speed is easier with less players. But it all comes from the fact that they've got ridiculously athletic forwards um, and, also, and that can all handle, like, backs. I mean, Furlong's pass was absolutely insane. Um, I don't know who caught it, but what, I don't know... One of the outside backs caught it and he didn't even break stride. It literally was the perfect 20 metre double miss pass um, at, done at pace himself. But the, their ability to play at the line and all their options comes from the, their ability to handle. And it's just class. And I think anyone coaching or watching that works in the game, look at that. Look at their timing and their selflessness off the ball when they're running lines. They all expect the ball but they also, they run like they're expecting it, which means that defenders have to hold. Then as a decision maker, you have to put the right pass and probably eight out of 10 times, they do put the right pass, um, whatever number's on their back. Um, I think if you are going to get stuck into them, you've got to slow down that ruck, which I think La Rochelle potentially could do given their defence against Racing at times was, oh my Jesus, it was ridiculous, some of the collisions. Um, their set piece they really tore into Racing so again I think that that would be an area where they could potentially get a foothold or match them at least so they can hold and get their own ball um, but it's the goal kicking like if you can't kick goals what me it means is the team can play on the edge all the time because you can give away a penalty and not get punished by three points you've got to, you've then got to go to line up on like other areas so I'm fascinated because La Rochelle do all these cheeky little things, which clearly comes from La Rochelle. Yeah. Um, um, actually, talking about talking about Rainer Nagara, so I didn't know that the coaches were sat behind us. Um, I think they were. I'm hoping they were quite a way away because we got stuck into them a couple of times. But right, okay. um, um, he came down, so they came down, and um, Rainer Nagara saw Miles and. Oh my God, he was like, Miles! And he was like whacking his hands, shaking it. And he was like saying, I don't know. It, honestly, it was literally like two best friends reuniting. And it was so amazing, the respect between the two. And well, one of, oh, right, a number of Miles's most iconic lines would be Ronan O'Gara ones. Ronan O'Gara, Ronan O'Gara! That's, I literally think of Miles saying that. There are three <laughs> Miles lines. That one, the infamous 2001 Lions, welcome to Fantasyland, which we all still make fun of him for. And the 2009, no, yeah. 13, 14, 15, 2017, archive it. Where does that come from? 
it, you know, and, and Miles as a comment, he doesn't, he doesn't have that written down in front of him. There are commentators who do write these things down. Welcome to Fantasyland just came from nowhere. Archive it just came from nowhere. And the Ronan O'Gara is listening to a man who is one of the best commentators in the world, but still gets as excited as every Munster fan who was in that stadium that day when Rog is in the pocket, dropping that goal and listening to Mars's commentary of that moment is forever and forever will be one of my favourite European Cup moments. I feel like you're slightly on the spectrum with some of your memories of all of this stuff, but... <laughs> but I love it. I love how passionate you are. I, I think you probably would have cried if you'd watched the embrace because he... Um, Renegar kept on saying, Mr. European, Heineken, Mr. European Cup, like Champions Cup. And I didn't know, so Channel 4 did this wonderful video of Miles um, talking through all the finals. And I said, so Miles, have you worked on them all? And he was like, oh, um, yeah, yeah, su suppose I did, yeah. And like, it was just, like, he's worked on every, he's on every single Champions Cup final he's commentated on. Yeah. In the last 26 years? 97 is the first. So, well, 25 years then. So this will be the 25th. No, that can't be right. 96, 96. Cardiff, yeah. Toulouse, Cardiff, 1996 in Cardiff. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, 96. Not angry, just disappointed with these stats. Um, yeah, so 26 years of European Champions Cup final. And I stand next to him, I've stood next to him for the last three and I will get to do it for the fourth time this year. And it like, it actually blows my mind. And I got watching the video. Like maybe we should do a special pod with Miles talking about them. Cause I would love to know what Miles's favorite final is. I know what my favorite final I've worked on. I mean, do you want, are you, ex are you making the excuse up that you want to do a pod just so that you've got the ability to ask him loads and loads of questions appropriately, not inappropriately. Yeah. Because I feel like I do this when I'm in conversation with him just because I love him. But I think I'd love to know what his favourite final is. And actually all tryhards who listen, what is your favourite European final? Because I find this a really intriguing um, conversation to have with people. I was talking to somebody the other day. Where was I? Was I with you? Um, no. It was when I was in Dublin. I was in a bar in Dublin. I was talking to a Munster fan and we were talking about like classic European games and the games you go what, back. What great bar chat you've got. I'd love to bump into you in a bar. That would be brilliant. Hey, is that like your favourite chat? I'm like, <laughs> hey, what's your what, favourite what European drink? Cup oh, game ever? Hiya. hiya, sexy Welsh lady. What can I get you for a drink? Oh, I'll have a pint of Guinness, please. And, uh, but only if you tell me, what's your favourite European Cup game ever? Come on, let's have a chat. What a, what a chat up line. He's gone from being Irish to Welsh in that conversation. So I'm talking about you. I'm talking right, about okay. you. That was you talking about it. Um, well. So anyway, let's move on. Try hard to get in touch with LJ just to satisfy this weird fetish. Yeah. Um, stood next to him watching it though. I I welled up. I got really. I got quite emotional because I like you as well. Um, I know. Steel. That's what they used to call me. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Right then. Um, don't tell everyone I'm a big softy. Got a persona, but everyone knows I'm a big softy. <laughs> like a teardrop tattoo on your face because it's meant to, meant to represent like your kills, but yours just represents the fact that you're always crying. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> talk about right. So 
other than wonderful miles we were also welcome we also welcomed back another wonderful human who captured the moment of him i'd arrived into breakfast i was all excited bouncing around and he saw that i didn't notice him so he was wearing a baseball cap i just didn't even think to look at another table because they were all on one side and he was sat on the other and so when i got breakfast and i wandered in and i genuinely so when he was filming Mr. Brian Habana was filming me. That was my genuine reaction. Little did I know, which I thought was actually quite sweet when you listen to what I say and how I, I'm like, oh, like genuinely. Um, little did I know he'd done that stupid face upset thing. And then I thought you were just crying. <laughs> um, but then he he's such a geek he continued to do it to everybody um so dan carter jamie heaslip i don't know who like everyone he saw he's just the biggest geek like nolly, you can imagine nolly i i hate to like suggest that you were under the influence of any alcohol in 2019 in tokyo but do you not remember you and i doing that to people with snapchat <laughs> yeah but we I didn't do it. absolute crackers of mike phillips and shane williams getting done by our filters uh, yeah yeah no I do maybe that's why you find it funny <laughs> anyway um yeah no it was brilliant to welcome Brian back um he uh is a busy little bee in fact he is there with you this weekend isn't he I know. I'm quite glad that we didn't have to share him you got him last weekend I get him this weekend <laughs> um I'm looking forward to enjoying a pineapple based cocktail with him whilst we're in Toulouse um makes me really happy I love this. I love this time of year in the rugby world. Um, you know who someone else has ventured back into the midst of the sevens? I know. A certain Mr. very own Mr. Glaw. Good luck with him because it's I every post he's putting on his socials at the moment, it's like back in ye old pub, back yeah, on ye old motorbike, back in ye pub. Um drinking lots with his friends um i'm actually so, um yeah. this weekend in toulouse i'm very much going against the grain um of me on seven's tour and i'm flying out at seven o'clock on monday morning i know i'm not hanging Just, around i'm on that flight i'm getting home because i've then got to be in london with you on wednesday <laughs> so i'm like you've got it you cannot Oh, be hanging around we've skipped something actually talking about oh, just remind me about hsbc and the wonderful documentary that we did i participated in you produced you cried in with i i didn't cry i, I just um air conditioning was really hot was it really hot <laughs> air conditioning was really hot and it made my uh, eyes sweat you're um up for award you went to the awards looking rather glam in your red dress in red dress yeah sorry about that lady in red um and it was really i was obviously i wasn't expecting to win but it was cool to see your post that my absolute horse teeth were up on the big screen promoting oh, it the two and then, were out and then when um obviously with Guinness winning their award, Never Settle, Sarah, Jordan going up to get the it and just loving it. I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like, congratulations. And then you burst the bubble a little bit telling me it was because they were up against us in the category. <laughs> yeah, but we technically won. 
Yes. No, but that's so I'm that's taking that as a win, Knowles. We didn't get the trophy, but we technically won. I did send you a video of me with the trophy, but that won't be seeing any social media because I am absolutely bungalowed. Um, I. It was a really nice evening. Um, was it? Lots yeah. of stars there. Do you, know you have your my... photo, Denny? Yeah, I have my photo of Tanny Gray Thompson. Welsh sporting icon. I mean, I was joking, but I'm... No, I'm I did. Because, do you know what? I was just like... I was like, this is... You know, she is one of the most iconic Welsh athletes of my life. So I did. I had a lovely little chat with her as well. She was so nice to me. Um, didn't get to see Tom Daly, but obviously he was up on stage. He got a... Um, outstanding um contribution award which was really special to listen to him and kind of watch his video i think the most um the most impactful thing at the end of the night the campaign of the year award went to the kian prince um foundation uh for those who aren't aware he was a young man who had a really promising football career ahead of him he was um being looked at by basically every premier league academy in London was playing with them was you know being touted for England age raid honors was performing incredibly well in his inner city London school I think he was like head boy and was a real kind of beacon of his community in terms of you know a young man who came from quite humble beginnings the humble background but parents who you know were really pushing him to to be everything that he could be both you know whether that was going to be as a professional football or, or not um, and there was a fight outside his school. He was 15 years old and he went to break it up and he got stabbed. He went to break it up because he was, you know, a, a kind of a good kid in that school who didn't want to see that going on outside of his school. And he he was fatally stabbed and, and lost his life. And and last year, FIFA, um, the... Feel like this is, you reading the whole bio from the... Yeah, like, it was amazing. And, and I think probably for a lot of people in that room who are giving themselves pats on the back for, you know launching football kits or uh, promoting drinks brands or whatever, you know, banks, whatever we were all doing there, this was a piece of work that had a really tangible and immediate impact on everyone in the room, but also understanding what it was probably doing for, for kids. So I cut you off. What did, what were FIFA doing? So last year FIFA made um, Kian Prince, who would be 30 now, um, a playable character on the FIFA computer game. So if you play FIFA on your PS5 or your Xbox, you can play as Kian. And and it was it was really interesting the kind of social campaign that had gone around it, and every Premier League club had put tweets out announcing they'd signed him and all this kind of thing, because it was it was a life that was promised and taken away so young. And Doctor Prince's father got up on stage to accept the award, and and he talked about why it was important and the impact it was having on um, young men and women from those communities to stop them being involved in gangs and to tell them why knife crime was so dangerous and also to say to them this is what he could have had and he didn't because of knife crime and, and he wasn't even involved in it so it's your responsibility to call it out and all that kind of thing but I think that the thing that I found the most interesting impactful at that moment is that let's you know not show away from it this was a room with lots of money in it would cost a lot of money just to be sat on one of those tables and there was lots of alcohol on tables that had cost lots of money and ice sculptures in the middle of those tables and all that kind of thing and dr prince got up on stage and accepted the award but said look we can't afford a premises for our charity our foundation is homeless because we do not have somewhere to base ourselves because we simply cannot afford it and someone in this room must be able to help us out with this 
And it was a, a call to arms of, you know, not put your hand in your pocket kind of thing, but please someone just help us with, with four walls and a roof. And it was amazing. And I really hope that, that him having the opportunity to get up and say that has meant that a, a business and organization has come forward and said, yeah, do you know what? We will, we can help you. So it was really amazing. And I found it a really, um, yeah, really impactful. The, the evening had started with an award for a woman involved with the Afghan women's football team. And the whole thing was very kind of, whilst we were there to celebrate um, sports content, you know, I, sport is everything for me. It, it's my work, it's my passion, it's my, you know, hobbies outside of it, that ev everything I do, sports, you, um, creates, but it makes you realise how important sport is. Did you... Um... So you, I, I mean, I'm assuming you didn't offer your one bed flat for. Um, no, <laughs> for I, the, no. <laughs> I can't sell the place. We haven't got a lot of room. I can't <laughs> offer you a draw. Um, I do feel like that's probably the type a track. Of conversation that you would have there if you bumped into. I look, I would love to say. You don't talk like that. Yes, you do. I don't. But yeah, it was amazing. Um, and then obviously- I make light of a very a lovely story. Thank you for yeah. sharing. And then we put all of that to one side and there was an after party where I was basically just trying to stand as close as I could to Greg O'Shea from Love Island. So he was really small. Yeah, he was a sevens player, wasn't he? Yeah, I know. And I obviously worked on the sevens when he was on it, but I couldn't, I, yeah, I just couldn't get over how small he looked and smooth, for oh. want of a better word. Very smooth. Okay um oh, so yeah that was that was yeah. that that was all good fun uh looking forward to getting trussied up in a couple of weeks time with you i know i've got a new little dress from uh from italy so we'll i'll be uh nice oh. and colorful hopefully oh. with a little bit of tannage not burnage from uh, the sunshine here but tomorrow i am off to have a little scout around oh, yeah. it is the Italian University Sevens competition. I think it's part of a bigger university kind of tournament competitions. I'm not quite sure, but I've been invited along to come and watch some, some of the teams. Oh, um, nice. Ferrara will be there, which, which is where um, Dario, the head of the, the Cavaliers, um, is from and his team and where some of our players have come from. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, watching... Uh, some sevens but I am also very very nervous there might not be any shade so I um, am <laughs> an umbrella I genuinely thought about that this morning when I was walking back um, from doing the laundry um, that's a, not a chore that I like doing anymore because I've got to walk to the laundrette I don't have to walk to the laundrette and I hate doing it I don't think there's a, it's not the doing the washing for me it's the putting it away I know I like doing that Mainly, well, mainly because Simone um, does do the folding. Um, one last thing. Go on. We're prepping for the World Police and Fire Games at the moment. And for some reason, Simone needed to fill out something on a form. Couldn't remember whether my birthday was 85 or 86. I was like, it's 90, obviously. Um, but, um, so, he Googled, so he Googled me and my Wikipedia came up. Um, and... Then he realised that I've actually got my own Wikipedia Italian style. I didn't know that Wikipedia... <laughs> it's an Italian Wikipedia page, I guess. It's an Italian Wikipedia. <laughs> Stop. So last night he Googled me on his Italian phone. So obviously when you're connected to Italian internet, that's what comes up. 
so on his Italian phone, he Googled me and then it came up with a list of things. So it said Danielle Waterman, husband, Danielle Waterman, partner, Danielle Waterman, um, something else. And he was like, do they all want to know who I am? <laughs> I was like, no, Simona, they're trying to find out if you're, if she's gay. <laughs> I, I've said this to you before and I'm going to say it on the pod. So at the moment, the most common question, somebody will say, oh, I asked Nolly, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then they'll say, she's in Rome. What's she doing in Rome? And I'll say, oh, Simone has got a job in Rome. And they'll say, oh, is Simone her partner? And I say, yes. And then that hasn't given people the kind of response they need. What do they do? <laughs> they do. And I'll always go with like, oh, they work in the hospitality oh. industry. And they're like, oh. I'm like, Simone is a man. All right, okay, sure. It's funny, isn't it? I mean, it doesn't bother me, the assumption, like, but it is strange how an assumption needs to happen as a sportswoman. I mean, it, not that, I don't know, maybe it's a good thing that they don't just put me as straight, straight yeah. away or, or get, like most of the time, I think I've said it plenty of times, you know, doing an interview in the 2014 World Cup, I think. Um, and I said, oh, my partner, and because I didn't really want to be saying boyfriend at the age of 31. And, and also is like 500 years old as well. Well, so. no, it, it wasn't actually him then when I was 24, slightly awkward, but before him. Um, and um, <laughs> um, obviously not the one because I'm a now yeah, with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they said... I said my partner and then they said she, um, which was an interesting assumption. And I I was kind of a little bit awkward, but then I actually stopped the interview and I said, I'm sorry, but you've just wrongly assumed something. Um, doesn't, doesn't matter, but it's actually a man. Yeah. And they were really embarrassed. And I think it's an interesting one because like I say, I'd rather correct people and make them and make some people feel comfortable that they're not always assumed as one or the other. Um, but yeah, it does. It, it just made me laugh. That's one, I've got an Italian Wikipedia <laughs> all about the Cavaliers and two, um, which you might appear on sometime soon. Um, you might get an, you might get an, have you got an English Wikipedia? I've got a British one, no. Oh yeah, sorry, British. Um, okay, so maybe before Why would I have a Wikipedia page? Well, you do lots of famous stuff. You work on TV, you do things. I've got a blue You're tick, a Jordan. Um, um, Anyway, um, maybe we before your British one, we can get you an Italian one, given your involvement with Rotterdam. Okay, I would love that. And on that note, on that <coughs> story, I think we have to dedicate this podcast and all of our love, admiration, support, applause and everything um, to Jake Daniels this week, the young black ball player who has come out and I cannot imagine the impact that that's going to have on young gay men in the UK and whilst it might not be in line with any of the things that we talk about on the Try House podcast I wanted to say that on this podcast this week because I just think he's absolutely amazing I concur and I think what I've really enjoyed is actually some of his interviews and they talked about you're going to get you're going to get a lot of abuse and he said yeah by people that are shouting in the crowd that have paid to come and watch me play I'm getting paid to play and live in my best life and they're the, they're paying basically to come and watch me. So yeah. it was like a little bit of a they can say what they want. Obviously, it's not nice of it, but I think as somebody at the start of their career doing it, the impact that that will have is yeah. huge because the senior players in the team will protect him anyway. He's a young star, and he also talked about I don't know whether you saw 
the, he said in an interview that the day after he told his mum and his sister, he scored three or four goals. And I just think, and he just said it, you know, that, that release and that, that, yeah. you know, just, I've done it and I can be who I am. And I think just, but uh, yeah, it's massive, absolutely massive. So good on you, Jake, Jake Daniels. I mean, come on. Yeah. Sending Jake Daniels all of our love and support. Bye, Troy Hurts. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.